the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. See, Jesus did his ministry in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and therefore the gifts of the Spirit were manifest in his life. And the church does the ministry in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifest in the church. Well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, isn't it? Hi there. Welcome to today's study verse by verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. Today we are back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, continuing our series simply called Spiritual Gifts. Ever wonder what those gifts are, what they are for, how they're administered? Well, join us on this wonderful excursion as we find out together. Let's catch up with Pastor Leighton Sheely again here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with our study simply called Spiritual Gifts. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, tongues that are spiritual gift, but have not love, I'm just making noise. And if I have a prophetic powers, that's a, a spiritual gift. Understand all mysteries, spiritual gift, and all knowledge, spiritual gift. If I have faith, spiritual gift, so as to remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, spiritual gift, to charity, uh, and if I deliver up my body to be burned and have not love, I gain nothing. So without love, everything else is nothing, means nothing, gains nothing. It's all for no purpose. So spiritual gifts must be exercised in love to have meaning. And then we ask the question of why Christians are given spiritual gift, and Paul gives us the answer in chapter 12 when he describes that the church is the body of Christ. He says that spiritual gifts are how uh, the church functions as the body of Christ. If we looked at verse 27 and 28, we would see all of you together are Christ's body, that is the church, and each of you is a part of it. We're all parts of Christ's body. And here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, and then he goes on with a list of spiritual gifts. So the church is not a building. It's not an organization. It is the body of Christ in which every Christian is a part, operating in their spiritual gifts and in the unity of the Spirit and motivated by love. Spiritual gifts are how we function as individual parts as, party, as part of the body of Christ. And love is the catalyst that makes spiritual gifts valuable and meaningful. Now, when we describe somebody as gifted, we're saying that they have an exceptional ability in some area. We might say that they are a gifted musician. Now, when we say that, we're not suggesting that there's no other musicians. We're just simply saying that they have an exceptional ability in whatever that area might be. It might be a musician or an architect, salesman, parent, mechanic, or whatever. Now, spiritual gifts are exceptional abilities that are given to believers only by the Holy Spirit and intended to be a source of blessing to Christ's body of the church when used for the common good. Uh, every believer should have faith, but there are believers who have exceptional faith. Uh, they truly believe that God can step in at the last moment and in the bleakest of circumstances and change everything. And, you know, those people are an incredible source of encouragement to the rest of us who are struggling with our faith under those circumstances. They're a blessing to us. And every Christian should have discernment. 
It's absolutely essential when the enemy of our soul is the father of lies and the master of deceit. So every Christian needs to have discernment. But some Christians have an exceptional gift of discernment. They, their alarm goes off, an internal alarm goes off, and they know that something's not right, and they can quickly figure out what it is, what the problem is. Now, just because you don't have a spiritual gift does not mean that you don't step up when necessary and do what's necessary in an opportunity. For instance, you may not have the gift of evangelism, but if somebody comes to you and says, I need to meet Jesus, you need to take that opportunity and introduce them to Jesus, whether you have the gift of evangelism or not. Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 5, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now, the reason that Paul had to tell Timothy to do the work of an evangelist was probably because Timothy was not naturally a gifted evangelist. In fact, when we read the scriptures, we find out that he was raised in a believer's home. His mom loved God. His grandma loved home, loved, loved God. And, and sometimes when people are raised in Christian homes, uh, they, they don't relate too quickly and too easily to those who've been raised in, in other environments. When people come into the church here and they've come from a gang background and things like that, we go looking for one of our people in our church that has that kind of background because they can better relate and communicate the gospel uh, to people who've come from that kind of a background. And so it may have been that Timothy was just raised in a Christian home and he, he just didn't quite know how to do evangelism. But Paul was saying, listen, in order to fulfill your ministry, you need to do the work of an evangelist. When somebody steps up and, and wants to meet God, Jesus, you need, you need to do that. So the lack of a spiritual gift in an area does not eliminate our responsibility. Uh, cussing out someone who cuts in front of you on the freeway, or in the church parking lot, <laughs> is not excusable just because you don't have the, mercy, the gift of mercy, okay? Uh, sometimes we just need to do what's right or not do something because it's the right thing to do. Now, as indicated in the italics in uh, many translations, the word gifts there is uh, implied in the original. The original word is, means spirituals or spiritualities. It refers to that which has spiritual qualities or characteristics and is under spiritual control. Except in Ephesians 6.12, the word spiritual is always used in the New Testament of that which is in some way related to the Holy Spirit. Spiritual gifts are the supernatural enablement from the Holy Spirit to do ministry. Uh, Let's look at an example. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Our ultimate example is Jesus Christ. Spiritual gifts are the divine enablements for ministry and characteristics of Jesus Christ that are to be manifested through the church body just as they were manifested through Christ's body when he was incarnate in the earth. Um, When Jesus was here on earth in ministry, did he have the gift of miracles? Did he perform miracles? And the answer is yes, he did, right? Uh, Did he have the spiritual gift of healing? Yes, he did. He healed people. Um, Did he have the spiritual gift of prophecy? Did he preach God's word? And the answer is yes. So you see that all of the spiritual gifts were really modeled in Christ. They were perfect in Christ. And when we perform the spiritual gifts that God has called us to do, we are doing what Christ did. We are acting as his body on earth. We're doing what God called us to do. 
Now, in Luke chapter 3, John describes the coming Messiah. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then in verse 21... Uh, one day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, the heavens opened up, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me great joy. Now, Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. So this event at baptism marked the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and in that event was the descending of the Holy Spirit. You'll note that after the Holy Spirit descended on him, then Jesus began his public ministry. You will note that after the presence of the Holy Spirit descended on those who were assembled in the upper room, then they began their public ministry. I'm going to invite you to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. See, Jesus did his ministry in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and therefore the gifts of the Spirit were manifest in his life. And the church does the ministry in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are manifest in the church. I'll just point out in in Acts chapter 1 that Jesus was eating with his disciples, and he commanded them, saying, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promises, I told you before. John baptized with water, but in just a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now we know from at the end of the Gospels, Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations. Here he says, But don't go until you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we're in Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of of flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are from Galilee. Now, Galilee wasn't known for (laughs) education. Uh, And yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, uh, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What What can this mean? They asked each other. And then in verse 17, Peter gives them the answer to their question. In the last days, stop right there, in the last days is a reference to the time between the first advent of Jesus, where he came and he went to Calvary's cross, he died, he rose again, and then uh, went to heaven from that time until his second coming, which is described in Revelation that hasn't happened yet. Um, That is the last day. So we are living in the last days. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, prophesy, spiritual gift. Young men see visions, spiritual gift. Old men dream dreams, spiritual gift. I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. 
But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise the Lord. What's the purpose of all of the other stuff? It's to bring people to the realization they need to get saved. What is the purpose of spiritual gifts? To bring people to the realization they need to get saved. And Peter then connects the manifestation of spiritual gifts as God's endorsement on Jesus. Verse 22. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, spiritual gift, wonders and signs through him, as you well know. And so spiritual gifts are one of the ways that God endorses, that endorse Jesus, and that God endorses a church family. One of those good housekeeping seal of approvals, right? This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely from Church of the Highlands here in San Bruno. We're continuing our series on spiritual gifts here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, if you're fairly new to the program, we've just gotten started on this wonderful journey through these spiritual gifts. If you've missed a couple of programs, we invite you to visit our website and review them. Highlands.us. That's highlands.us. You'll also glean information about Church of the Highlands right here in San Bruno. Tomorrow, more on spiritual gifts. Join us then for Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.